This is an exciting day for us because I'm going to be introducing somebody who's going to be speaking to you today that has been dear, dear friends, not only of this church, but of the DeMint family for some time. In fact, uh, the DeMartinos are missionaries that when you look at our missionary board out there, we've got a string that goes from Grace Assembly to Mexico. That represents them. There are missionaries that uh, represent us to Mexico. And back in was either, I think it was 1997, the first missions trip that I led as a district youth director. We took a team uh, down to Mexico, and the first message that I ever got to preach with an interpreter was preached in Mexico with Rich Martino interpreting for me. And uh, I remember that I preached, the title of my message was Cast Your Cares on the Lord. And there were a number of people that got saved that day, so I'm not sure what he preached. I know what I said. But we've discovered through the years that uh, it's amazing how missionaries know a culture and can take whatever you say and turn it into whatever. But there was a great response to that service, and I remember just the joy of, of being able to connect with a culture that wasn't mine for the first time. And, and uh, it was a, a wonderful day. They've had an opportunity through the years of planting a number of different churches and uh, I'm excited to introduce to you today and or welcome back our old friends, Rich and Jenny DiMartino. Would you please come and would you give them a grace welcome this morning? <clears throat> I, I have to tell you something as they come up. I, I know him well enough to say this, but he's the most Mexican-looking Italian man you'll ever meet in your life. Is he not? Does, does he just not look? I mean, when I would sit with him... Uh, in, in some of the restaurants there, people would, and he, he just, and I said, they have no idea that this man was born in Jersey. Uh, so. Gloria a Dios. I guess God, the God knew about it, right? So he made me look like them, so I went and. Oh, I tell them, I'm Italian, but I got a Mexican mustache, and they like that. God bless you folks. It's great to be here once again. We appreciate so much Grace Assembly and your faithful prayer support, financial support over so many years. And I just want to tell you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still healing. He's still saving. He's still filling with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Doug wanted to share real quickly. We had a retreat that we were voted in by the whole district, our whole district, to lead the spiritual retreat for all the pastors and all their lay people. We had over 500 people show up this past May, and Jesus gloriously showed up. He baptized 56 people in his Holy, with the Holy Spirit. Ten people were uh, healed miraculously. Eight children were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we, over the last, uh, well, I don't know how many years now, have seen many, many people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just one quick testimony. <laughs> what? Um, we preached, I preached in a conference to pastors in Puebla. One was Juan Martin, the pastor that was the pastor at the church where you came to, was the superintendent. He invited me to preach on the Holy Spirit. And a pastor that we knew had been pastoring an assembly of God church for over 20 years and did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a loophole in Mexico where pastors can, they can get the credentials. They have like three or four levels of credentials. And there is a way that you can be a pastor without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can't get ordained, but you can pastor a church. Can you imagine? 
how, how do you give what you don't have? And so in that conference, Jesus, he was running around ushering. We said, Mario, do you have the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet? He said, no, I don't have it yet. We said, well, get over here. And Rich and I just stayed with him, and we prayed with him, we prayed with him, and he gloriously was filled with the baptism after 20 years in the pastorate without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Mexico still needs Jesus. We are working in the heart of darkness. It is one of the most unreached states in Mexico, Jalisco. We've been working with one of the most unreached, unofficial, unreached people groups in Latin America. It's the upper class. The upper class are almost totally unreached with the gospel. We have been so amazed to meet some of the upper class people who know nothing about the gospel. And that's what we've been doing for the last almost four years, uh, planning a church in that area. And so Rich will share a little bit more. We have a video, and the rainbow in the video is real. That really happened. Uh, God, God allowed the sun to stay still, and I'm praying that that clock back there will stay still, too, because I only have, he said, till quarter after. Praise the Lord. See what Jesus did? And it's because of you, the senders. The senders. You're the ones that send us. And because you send us these 32 years, I remember Brother Sorge being here, really tall guy. I couldn't even see over his pulpit when... And uh, you guys took us on for support 32 years ago. And thousands, literally thousands of people have received the gospel. Um, I know my time is short. I, I could be here all day uh, talking with you. But I'm going to try to get the most important things that are on my heart to you right now. In Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38, and Jesus went about all the city and villages teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And I love verse 36. But he, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved. He was moved with compassion on them. Can you say that with me? Jesus is moved with compassion. Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad and, sh and as sheep having no shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into his harvest. Father God, in Jesus' name, O oh Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the senders who have been faithful to pray and to give generously to send us on the field and that when we go before you at the judgment seat of Christ, they will see, maybe you have a video of the whole thing, Lord, that you can show them what their time, their prayers, and their money invested in your kingdom has done to touch all the lives of these men, women, and children. In Jesus' name, we give you the, all the glory and the praise. Amen. Have you ever experienced personally the compassionate heart of Jesus? I have. When I was 19 years old in the United States Navy in California, I experienced for the very first time in my life the compassionate heart of Jesus. And he saved me miraculously. I was so bad. I mean, really, really, really bad that I can't even tell you how bad I was. That's how bad I was. 
and he got a hold of my life, and he changed me and transformed me. And we say in Spanish, in una nueva criatura, in a new creature, a new creation. It, the old Ricardo is dead. He's been crucified with Christ, but sometimes he tries to come back, and I a hard time dealing with that guy, but uh, I'm just fighting a good fight of faith. I'm, I'm not, you know, he is to stay uh, crucified, but whew, compassion. He had compassion on me. Why? I ain't nothing special, but to him, we all are, and the Mexican people are special to him. And I thank God for his mercy and his compassion is everlasting to generation. To generation, and as Jenny says, Jesus never changes. But he, know, he wants you to have his heart. He wants you to have the compassion that he shows. And when you experience and truly experience a life-changing, compassionate heart of Jesus, then he changes your heart to have the same kind of heart. So what is this compassion? I, I looked it up in the Greeks, blank, nisomai, and it talks the real compassion is a gut. Jesus had a gut, deep awareness of the suffering of his people, coupled with the wish and desire to relieve their pain and to do something about it. The compassion of Christ is so powerful that it, it can change the worst sinner that ever walked the face of this earth. And he, I love this definition of the compassion. is a gut-wrenching feeling deep down inside of you, feeling the pain and the suffering of another, but to be, will, to be moved into action to do whatever you can to change that person's situation or condition to make things better in their lives. And that's where a lot of people stop. A lot of people uh, will step in, in somebody else's shoes and they will feel their suffering and have sympathy for them, but they don't do anything about to change the situation. And that's what God's speaking to us this morning through this guy from New Jersey. He says, I want my people... I want my bride, I want my church to take a risk. You know, it takes a risk to show an act of compassion. You have to take that risk because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. We had a, a young lady that, uh, from Bogota, Colombia that came to Mexico with her boyfriend. She realized she was pregnant. No family, no friends, no nobody. I put up a poster in the parks and she read and came to our church. And we just showed and poured out the unconditional love and compassion of Jesus on her like never before. And because of that, we had a baby shower and we witnessed the gospel and, and some of the ladies came and some of them got saved because of that because that was their first time that they ever experienced the unconditional love and compassion of Jesus in life, alive. And, and Alejandra's life was changed. Little Nomi was born and she calls me Grandpa. And Jenny says, no, Grandma. And she said, no, Jenny. And she said, no, Mom, Grandma. And she said, no, you, Jenny. <laughs> but we had her with us for about a year and a half, and we just blessed her life. And, and that's what taking a risk and compassion is, because you don't know what the results are. But that's what Jesus wants us to do. We showed so much compassion and acts of compassion. This time, I have to tell you, it's been the hard, hardest church planning project in all of these years that we have ever had. 
and we rent a house. We have a house church. Um, uh, the Lord knows just where to put us, right, when we're doing his work. And around the corner is a university with uh, students, university students from all over the world, and they're studying to be doctors. So we had 12 of them. We got 12 in, uh, of them coming to our services even now. And some of them already graduated and went on, but we showed acts of compassion. I kept the, the light on the porch all the time for them, and we cooked for them on Sundays, and they just love mom and papa. <laughs> and all these young people come, and their lives are touched, and there's two of them. I know that God's going to call them to be missionary doctors. Oh, glory a Dios. Do it, God. Get a hold of them and send them out for the harvest is great and the workers are few. You know, there was two reasons here real quickly that we found that it said that Jesus was moved with compassion. He got their attention because of their, they were fainted, they were weary. They were not able to co uh, co uh, cope with life. They, they, were, uh, they were harassed uh, to, the exhaust, uh, to exhaustion, it says in the Greek. They, they, were, they just didn't have any ability in them to have courage of spirit. They became timid and, and dejected and depressed. And this is what moved Jesus' heart to touch his people and to do something about it to change their situation. And also it says quickly here that they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And I asked you this morning, who is your shepherd? Who are you following? Who's guiding you through this journey? Who's helping you? through your journey in the life that you have here. And there's only one good shepherd, and his name is Jesus Christ in Nazareth. And he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to feed you spiritually. He wants to take care of you. He wants to show you the way and give you purpose and direction in your life. Because most of the people that we come in contact with in Mexico are like wandering sheep, just wandering here and there and going this place and the next. And we have to lead them to Christ. Amen? That, I mean, that's what Jesus said. From the moment of his resurrection, as the Father sent me, I send you. And that's all he talked about until he was ascended into heaven, was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and bring salvation to the lost and the world. And we cannot lose that. That is the core vision of why we were here. That's the purpose. You know, Bill Kirk was sharing yesterday at the prayer uh, seminar that... 3,000 Assembly of God churches never gave one cent to missions. And those 3,000 churches in the United States are going to wind up closing because the heartbeat of God is missions, and he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But how can they hear unless they are sent? And that's where you come in. There's three kinds of people in the church, those that are willing to go, those that are the senders, and those of you that recognize, please recognize this morning that your responsibility to go is just as uh, demanding as mine is. God has called all of us. And you might be here today and you haven't done as of yet anything for missions. And, and Jesus wants you to make a difference. And you might say to me, well, Pastor, how can I make a difference? You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways, but only one to two percent of you here this morning in any given congregation will be will say here I am Lord send me is there anybody here 
that would say, Lord, send me. I'll, I'll leave my job. I'll leave my comfort zone. I'll get out of the boat. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Is there anybody here this morning? There has to be somebody. Jenny's here. <laughs> Just to leave it all. Your mother, your father, your kids, your family. Now even my grandchildren. I've got five beautiful granddaughters. And uh, one on the way in February. I hope it's a boy. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But you know how many times we had to say goodbye? I, I can't dwell on that kind of stuff. But there's a price that you got to pay. And Jesus is moved with compassion when he sees us give it all for him and to go and obey his word and, his, and to fulfill this great commission. So he says in verse 37, the harvest is great. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. Right out these doors. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. But he says the workers are few. That's the problem. And if all of us, if, if all the parts of my body are working right now, praise God. The ones that you can see and the ones you can't see. And you know the ones that you can't see are really more important than the ones that you can. And we all are called to go, to serve, to be a worker. And you can ask Pastor Doug why the workers are few, right, Pastor? You know us as pastors in the ministry full-time, we carry 300, 500, 800 units of stress. You know what that can do to your body, your mind, your emotions, your life? So I know you guys love Pastor Doug, and you need to love him more and have more compassion on him and his wife. And even those that serve in the church here, the workers here at the church, we have to have compassion in church because uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said that one of the big signs in the last days, which we are in, and you all know that, is that the love of many, iniquity shall abound, that the love of many will wax cold. And we cannot afford to allow that to happen in our hearts. We cannot allow our hearts to become wax cold, and we need the fire of the Holy Spirit to melt that hardness down break up that ground and, and, to, and have the heart of Jesus and to show compassion to those that maybe you think don't even deserve it, but we, we're called to do that and to be his hands and to be his feet and to love the unlovely. So the workers are few. Oh, now, and, and this is the best part, part of this that I want to share with you because you sent us. God put us in divine appointments. I love the divine appointments of God, don't you? When you're in a certain place at a certain time with certain people and you know that you know that God has you there for that reason and only one little, look at what one little act of compassion to do. I'm not telling you that you have to do these big great things for people, but even something so simple. I went to the uh, grocery store uh, from our uh, upper room uh, uh, where we had services and I was so thirsty in, in Puerto Vallarta you get thirsty because it's it's like 500 percent humidity and really hot and we were there 10 years pastor in that church that you saw there that we dedicated but I went in bought me a drink and I got in line and there was a fellow in front of me and he had a 20 peso bill which is less about almost a dollar a little bit more than a dollar and it was ripped so when he went to buy his drink, the, the cashier wouldn't take it. So I was moved with compassion for him, and I offered and I paid for his drink. 
Well, he must have doubt, he must have thanked me about a thousand times. Oh, thank you, sir. That was so nice of you. Blah, 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 blah. And then he took off, and I I don't know him from Adam. All right. So uh, about two weeks later, this woman comes to our church with two little girls, and they get wonderfully saved. And then about a couple of weeks later, she comes back, and this guy's with her. It's the same guy that I bought the drink for. And he comes in. He says, I know you. Don't I know you? I said, yeah, I bought your drink a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, so, so he got wonderfully saved as well. And now he's a pastor. He's preaching the gospel, baptizing people. I wish I had all my new video ready for you. For all the workers that, because you send us, I can name right now, but I don't have the time, about 20 people who are in the ministry, working in the ministry, families and single people, even missionaries. We got one that's in, in Jordan, uh, working with the, more, uh, the not the Mormons, uh, the, the Muslims. We have another one in, in Spain, uh, work and she was in my youth class in our in our church in Puebla and 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 Abraham Castro he was in our Puerto Vallarta church and now he's a missionary to the Tanawana Indians in the in Chihuahua up in the mountains there I mean all of these people I can go I have a, I have them do an interview to thank God and thank you guys for sending us to them because we were able to be there for them and to have an influence on their lives, and now they are working in the Lord's vineyard. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so thankful and so grateful for that. That's what makes all of this so much, so worth, so, so worth it, to go and give your lives for the gospel. And, and, he, and, and you know, like I said, there's only one or 2% that'll go, but the rest of the 98 of you are the senders. And because you're the senders, there's six more churches in Mexico that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the wonderful people of Mexico. And it's just amazing what God has done. I look back and I reminisce and I, I see what God's done with his hands. But, you know, it's all because you send us. You know, and if you're here today and, and you realize, oh, yeah, man, I'm a sender. I got to do something. I want to do something. I want to make a difference. Well, you can go, go on a, a mission trip, right, Pastor Doug? We had a great time. And you can give generously. It's not all about money. It's about a lot of things. But I have a testimony. I have to share this with you this morning in the few minute, moments left that I have. But... I received this from a sender, just like you. This is something that you can do. She said, our church gets the prayer cards, and on the back table you can find our new prayer cards. just came out of the oven. And she said, at our church, I don't know what you do here, but I imagine that you do pray for your missionaries. But she said, in our church, that we get the missionaries card, and we pray for the missionaries, and I got your card. And when I got your card, the Lord said, don't pray for him. I want you to write a letter to him, and I want to talk to him through you in this letter. All right, now you got to understand that my dad, Frank DiMartino, got saved when he was 65 years old, so I was his spiritual dad <laughs> after that. And he used to write me every month a letter when I was in Paraguay, and that's what kept us connected. And then on February 18th, on my mother's birthday, he died. And I didn't get any letters anymore. 
and I was going through a really, really hard time at this particular time in, in, uh, in Paraguay, in Paraguay, Sancion. And I mean, I, I just was seeking the Lord and trying to do everything I could to relieve this conflict that was uh, there. And, uh, you know, they, they say that most missionaries, 20% of us, are not going to make it because the most problem you're going to have on the field is with other missionaries. Could you believe that? Yeah. So I was going through a really hard time. So anyways, to make a long story short, I received this letter. But during my time of devotion and my desperation to God, I'm praying and I'm praying and there's nothing happening. Has that happened to you? You pray, you pray, and you don't feel that anything got past the roof? I know. So in my frustration, good Italian from Jersey, I said, Lord, what are you on vacation or what? What's going on? What's happening? Why aren't you answering me? Why don't you help and, and heal this situation? I got to go on with my life here. It's a distraction. And I was so hurt. So I got this letter from Martha Campbell. I never met her. She's probably in heaven now. But she was a sender like you. And she was like this with Jesus. Man, she had to be. And, th and this is, I got to put on my other glasses because otherwise I can't see. But this is what, <laughs> don't laugh too much. But I don't like bifocals. That's why I have to put both of them. One's long distance. The other one is to read. So I'm using both of them now. <laughs> so she writes me this letter, and this is what she says. Dearly beloved of mine and so dear to my heart, you have, this is God talking to us through her. You have heard my voice, and I have answered your prayer. Be patient. You, you can take this for you to, this morning, too, if you need it. For it is always in my time, says the Lord. Continue to listen for and to my voice and your spirit. I know your hearts. They are pure before me. Indeed, I'm well pleased, saith your loving Father. Isn't that beautiful? Take heart in me, for I am with you, and my arm is not too short. Do not become discouraged, because things do not seem to change, for you do not see in the spirit as I do. I tell you the truth this day, and in the spirit all is well. Hallelujah. Again, I would say to you, dear ones of mine, it's so true to me, all is well. Indeed, I have heard your voice, and what is more, you have heard mine. Amen. You have heard the voice of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And you have obeyed as you know to obey. The rest is up to me, so do not take on that which is not yours to take on. <laughs> Sometimes you got to say no. Allow me to do my work as I see fit. And you just relax and trust all to me. For indeed you have allowed me to be in charge, and so I am. And I am truly at work, and I have not taken a vacation. God is not on vacation. He knows everything. He sees everything. That's scary, right? <laughs> but he loves us. And he has mercy and compassion for us. And he wants us to be the same way. He wants your heart to be filled with his heart. And to see one another and to see people like he does. And to love them 
like he does. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. And that's what all of us need, especially the people of Mexico. Many of them do not have a good self-esteem, and they need a lot of love. They need, and when we love them, it's like, you know, it's like God. They, they, many of them were the only Jesus that some will ever see. So let God fill your heart with his compassion and his mercy for those that are around you. I know many of you probably got hurt. You probably reached out and helped people, and they took advantage of you, or things didn't turn out the way you wanted to. But we can't allow our hearts to wax cold. Iniquity is abounding all over us, but where sin abounds, grace much more shall abound, and we can overcome because we served a great overcomer. God bless you, and thank you so much. And all our people in Mexico, hundreds of them, and I have the best friends that I ever met in my life. I trust them with my life. They're the most wonderful, beautiful people that you can ever meet. And you will in heaven someday get to see each and every. What a day that will be when Jesus we shall see. But all those people are going to be there. Can you imagine that? I get Holy Ghost goosebumps. They're all going to be there. And, and we're going to see them all. And it's because you sent us. And you prayed for us. And I thank you with all my heart. My wife thanks you. My kids. You know, they're so cute. You know, the little one they were trying to rob the microphone from? That's Justin. And he played Joseph for two years in Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania. And now he's singing in Batavia Church. He's the praise director. He's doing a wonderful God. Pray for my kids. Thank God for Justin. So, But thank God for all of them. But thank God for you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you, Pastor Doug. Jenny, you want to come and join? I'm going to ask that you to stand right here in, in front. And uh, if you would, right here. We, we like to pray for our missionaries. We've, we've been through a season where we've had a lot of missionaries, young, young people that are just starting out in missions work. And, and it's nice to see those who have given their life and have um, some fruit that has come from their, their ministry. And so today I'm going to ask if you're a grandparent, would you, would you come and gather around these grandparents? If you're, if you're a grandparent, would you come? It's time for us old people to come and pray. You're going to have to step out a little farther so they can surround you. Hallelujah. I, I love that these guys started out in missions when they were still black and white video. Because <laughs> that means something to some of us. Would the rest of you stand, please, and just kind of extend a hand out to them? Heavenly Father, this is a picture of our missionaries being surrounded, a picture of what happens to them on a daily basis. Today, we have the opportunity to physically lay hands upon Rich and Jenny. But, Father, in the Spirit, we pray regularly that you would surround them and that you would be their, their armor bearer, that you would hold the shield of faith for them, that you would help 
gird them, Lord Jesus, with the armor of faith, Lord, that propels them and protects them as they have been sent to areas, Lord Jesus, where the enemy fights hard to keep the overcoming name of Jesus from being proclaimed. But our enemy is a loser, and Jesus is a winner. He is victorious. And Father God, I pray that there would be an anointing upon them. These six churches that they have planted that are now uh, reaching the lost all over the place are a history of what has been done. But you have a glorious future for them as well, O God. And we pray, God, as we lay hands upon them, that you would be with them in those moments of loneliness when they're missing their children and they're missing their grandchildren, yet knowing that they are living out a call of God upon their life, that you have chosen them and equipped them. And God, we pray that there would be a a current and fresh anointing upon their lives that would be equal to the task that you have called them to. And Lord, we at Grace Assembly are honored that you have chosen us to be able to send them and that through the years that we have supported them, that the fruit that we have seen through their ministry is great. And I pray that that would continue to multiply, Lord God, in these years of their ministry, in these years of their experience. And so, Father, we ask that you would touch them, keep them in health, I pray. Open new doors, give them divine appointments beyond what they've ever dreamed. And Father, we seal this in the name of Jesus and the church together said amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah now I'm going to ask that you would part the sea and that you would let them make it back to the table that they have and that we are going to conclude and I want each of you to step at the table and make sure you get a prayer card and have a wonderful conversation with them about what God is doing there. And I'm so thankful today that you were here. May God bless you, and may you have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you.